Hello, I'm Lakita and welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast, where my partner Chloe and I talk about building and co-creating the future of work. We hope this podcast will be your weekly dose of support on all things work, leadership, and personal development as it relates to creating culture for you and your team. Because one of our principles is to be a guy, we look forward to providing space for our shared learning and exploration while trusting your personal experiences. After all, this is what co-creation is all about. So let's co-create together. Hello, co-creators. Welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast. And we are absolutely thrilled today to be speaking with Danielle Henry. She is the CEO and founder, yes, of Dream Life (laughs) Out Loud. And we are so thrilled and excited to talk about transitions. Now is a perfect time to get into this conversation around the year coming to a close, the year ahead. And Danielle is going to have just some gems and amazing Um, pieces about what you can do and how you might be thinking about the new year or any transition that you're going through. So Chloe, will you kick us off with Danielle's amazing bio? Yes. So I'm going to do a quick introduction. Um, Danielle is a systemic therapist associate, award-winning wellness consultant, adjunct professor, and speaker. As the CEO and founder of Dream Life Out Loud, she leads a multidisciplinary team of mental health clinicians, advancing a decolonized and postmodern approach to their work with clients who range from individual couples and families to small work groups teams, employee resource groups, and corporate partners. And we're so excited to have you here with us, Danielle. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, Danielle is so bomb. And uh, Danielle (laughs) is a client of Co-Create Work, but just also doing Mm -hmm. amazing transformational work in the world. And so I am absolutely thrilled. I would love to kick us off just early, right away, talking about transition. So transitions, you know, in the going from one year to the next year has always been a huge thing for me. Like I always get feelings of excitement and Mm -hmm. planning. I get into deep into planning mode. Um, And so I'm wondering from you, like, why does that happen? Mm. (laughs) Why are transitions important? And what should folks maybe be thinking about as they're thinking about this transition and any transition? Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest part about why they're important is that they're rooted in transformation. Um, It's an opportunity for renewal. You know, it's an opportunity for a refresh, a reboot, you know, to start all over again, uh, rinse and repeat and let things go and call in new things. And so, of course, there's a lot of challenges with that where we're stepping into something new and maybe we don't quite know what it is. Um, But there's also just all that rich opportunity for potential and for visioning and for planning and for going and get it, you know, just just putting yourself out there. And so um, New Year's are always a pivotal time to make those shifts. Um, It's not the only time. And um, but it is rich with opportunity to really embark upon something new. Yes. I love Mm -hmm. this. I love this idea about like newness. And as you mentioned, um, new year isn't the only transition. There are other transitions that folks go through, particularly Mm -hmm. as like leaders, founders. Are there any other kind of transitional phases you would highlight for folks? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the challenge with transition, while it is new and you know it's fun to to vision and and go after new things, um, I like to think of transition in three different types of ways. So one is that there's intentional transition, a transition that you plan for, that you you kind of map out what it is you're going to do. And so um, I kind of think about the Johari window, if you're familiar with uh, the idea that there's things that you know, there's things that you don't know. And then of course we step into that phase where there's things we don't know that we don't even know. Um, and that kind of leads me into these more natural transitions that that occur. You know, we all have birthdays, we all have, you know, summers and falls and and winters that give us that new restorative period to kind of reflect and look back. But there's also forced transitions and unintended transitions. And we all experience grief and loss. And that's a transition that certainly is challenging for most folks. Um, there's uh, forced transitions with layoffs from work. If you're thinking about leaders, which I know Co-Create works with leaders, um, there are transition with employees. There's transition with organizations. And so we don't always have control in those instances. And so the beauty of it all, though, is, oh gosh, I think of Oprah and I think about Oprah quite a bit um, because she says, (laughs) (laughs) she says the question is not, why is this happening to me? But what is this here to teach me? And so transitions are always just rich with an opportunity to say, okay, either you're saying, what the hell was that? Or, you know, what am I to make of this? Yeah. Um, knowing that whether it's a intended transition and you're being intentional about it, or if it's just a natural change that you're going through, or if it's a forced transition that you're not quite sure of, it is going to be rich with those nuggets for for growth. And growth isn't always, you know, a skate in the park, but it is rich with with opportunity. Oh goodness. And I love that. What is this here to teach me? I also like to think of what can I learn from this? I think because sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this is here to teach me anything, but at least I can learn something. Like what can I learn from this experience or opportunity, which is such a, such a helpful reframe. Mm -hmm. Well, and that often comes in the messy middle when it's like, it's tough. And it's, you know, the middle of the transition arguably is the point where you're stumbling upon things that you didn't quite plan for. And it's like, what is this about, you know, and why, what am I to make of this? Um, But yeah, just lots of rich opportunities for, for growth. Yeah. And I think, um, Danielle, I love your three kind of transitions that people can go through. And I think folks need to jot that down and keep that top of mind and really use that and understand that through the lens of like a framework. Mm -hmm. We are seeing so many forced transitions, as you say, right now around particularly for leaders and founders Um, and challenges that are happening now and potentially coming up in the future. What Mm -hmm. are some of the ways you encourage people to process or work their way through those forced uh, transitions? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing is that unfortunately transitions don't happen in a vacuum. So whether it's an intentional transition you can expect that one transition is going to lead to a transition somewhere else, whether it be somewhere else on your team or some other process that you have will shift and change and move because of one transitional decision that you make. Um, You can also expect that a transition that you make, um, 
will lead to transitions in other parts of your life. So if you're going through a transition at work, um, you can expect that that's likely going to make some shifts in and create transition in your personal life as well. Um, and so the challenge is to, for, for leaders in particular, is to recognize that when we are going through transition, no matter what type of transition it is, our team is going through transition as well. Yeah. They are going through transition of both professionally and personally. And we don't always have a pulse on all the moving parts that are shifting and changing. Um, and so keeping a pulse on the idea that we're all dealing with outcomes from the pandemic. Yeah. We're we're all dealing with outcomes of the economic downturn. I mean, here in the Pacific Northwest, we know that. 10,000 employees from Amazon uh, were recently laid off. We're dealing with hiring freezes. And this puts teams in positions where they are, you know, under-resourced and having to do more work. And that puts pressure on the whole system. Um, and even as I think about the word system, I just appreciate co-create work and the way that you approach challenges for leaders because it is systemic. And with systemic change, you can imagine that all these different shifts and changes are going to influence the outcomes that we have. And so I think the challenge for leaders right now is to um, be intentional and planful about what we know and what we can expect, but also to recognize that things are going to come up along the way that we don't have insight into right now. We can't, we can't even plan around the things that we don't know. We just have to be prepared, uh, and really tap into our skill sets as leaders, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. Um, but yeah, those are the biggest challenges that I see for leaders. Yeah, I love this. And I think what you're highlighting here, Danielle, is like, what are the things that people can practice and build as skills to help to support them through transitions? And I'm hearing from your description, uh, agility, like ability to deal with ambiguity, mm -hmm. humility, communication, all of these are key leadership skills. And we often think about yeah. like, how does someone develop those skills? And then are there systems that we need to put in place to allow further development, to allow team development mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and practices within a company? I'm curious what your thoughts are around the systems that a founder leader could put in place. And we would love to jump in here too. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what can they put in place? And then is there anything that you would have in terms of recommendations for their teams as well? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I have a background working in operations and marketing at Microsoft, and um, it was a common practice for us to do a SWOT analysis. And I work with my therapy clients to do SWOT analysis for any sort of goals or outcomes that we have for their personal lives as well. And so SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so it is critical when we are engaging in transition and change to continually assess what are the strengths of what we're working on? What are the strengths of our processes, our operations? What are the strengths of our communication? And then what opportunities do we have? Is there an opportunity to gain more efficiency? Is there an opportunity to drive more efficient communication or maybe to drive more courage and bravery within the team? Yeah. Um, when I, you know, even as I think about bravery, I'm I'm hearing Brene Brown and um, kind of her definition for courage is just that that moment of uncertainty and where it meets your 
grit, essentially. And so those are all things that we can help drive within our team uh, because uncertainty and transition is all about a space of feeling somewhat ungrounded mm-hmm. um, because patterns and behaviors and ways that we do things are changing and in flux. Um, and as human beings, that sounds cute and all, but our brains, our bodies, we thrive off of consistency and, yeah. and certainty. And so um, everything that we can do within our teams to ensure that folks feel a part of the the challenge, that they feel like they're a part of um, a solution um, and they feel like they belong uh, is going to be important for leaders to be able to drive. And we do that through communication, modeling, visioning, pulling people in rather than turning them away uh, and, and having them really be supportive of our ultimate purpose, our goals, and, you know, keeping clients central to to all of our processes and ways that we go about doing things. Those are some of the systems for yeah. sure. Beautiful. Um, I was just thinking when you mentioned that you use SWOT analysis for, you know, therapy clients, sometimes like, I don't know, and I've used SWOT analyses a ton, but it just didn't occur to me to go on a personal level, right? Oh, I'm, I'm going through this transition as a leader. What are my strengths? What are Mm -hmm. my weaknesses? What are my opportunities? What is making me feel threatened about this situation? And I just, I just had my own little light bulb moment. So thank you. Um, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. It is. I mean, and I realized I didn't share, you know, the W is for weaknesses and the T is for threats. I focused on the positive things. I have just like an inner growth mindset. That's another thing (laughs) that is great for leaders to have. Um, But, you know, I think it's about self-discovery too, when we're doing a SWOT analysis and, and that double mirror where we get to look at ourselves and say, okay, how, how did I do? And what are my growth edges? Um, It's also important to ask our team, let's do a SWOT analysis on how, you know, how we're engaging with each other. Are there opportunities Mm, where things have been choppy or bumpy or how did that feel after that meeting is let's do a quick SWAT. Um, And so that SWAT is, is, is so important. I'm so happy to kind of bring in that experience from a past career into, to my therapy practice. And so many people are like, huh, I kind of do this for, for work, but never with my marriage. Um, (laughs) So it's like, welcome to therapy. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, one thing that we talk about a lot as well, Danielle, it's like, um, once you have one system in place, it's easier to put additional systems in place. Mm-hmm. And you have really highlighted here, which I think is brilliant, all the different systems that folks can think about uh, as a team um, and applying it to themselves as an individual. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more about like, how do we potentially take leaders and put them in a space where they can go through a systems kind of process for themselves as they're preparing for transition. So Mm -hmm. as they think about their life externally from the business or the team, as they think about their wellness, their health, are there any tools or like strategies you would recommend around that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the biggest thing is this idea around the keys. This is something I work 
with my clients on. And it's, you know, similar to corporate spaces where we have KPIs, which are key performance indicators. The keys are key health indicators. And so we apply this concept of the keys to individuals in, in, in therapy. And so we identify with a leader, it's what are the indicators of health of the team? And once you've established what those key health indicators are, um, then you can start to measure against that. And we often in therapy for personal goals, we're looking at that on a quarterly basis, um, reestablishing uh, our goals and what happened and doing that SWOT analysis. Um, so for leaders, I think having a, a pulse on what your keys are, your key health indicators, mm-hmm. and then building your systems that align to what those indicators are, those indicators for health of your team. Team, health of your business, health of the financial, the financials, um, I- anything that you need to measure against, like what is the ideal optimal um, health indicator for that particular part of your business, that's going to be important to drive. Um, for leaders, I think we also have to recognize when the keys have fallen off and mm-hmm. Oftentimes people will come to therapy or they will consult with our practice when things have kind of fallen off the rails a bit. Um, And so recognizing when we've lost ourselves or when um, when we notice that we're unrecognizable or we're not making our one to one connects with our team, um, being able to to notice those changes internally within ourselves uh, can be a a a true indicator that health is declining Um, Mm -hmm. because as leaders, we, we model, we model for our team um, what a healthy culture is. And so if we're not taking care of ourselves, you can imagine that there are gaps within the team gaps within the culture um, that are being influenced by the overall health of, of the leader as well. Yeah. Consistent. Everything I hear from you there is like, consistency is key and Mm -hmm. uh, back to the keys and also like taking care of yourself. It goes back to that old overused analogy, but it's like, put your, your mask on first uh, Mm -hmm. in order Mm -hmm. to support everyone else. Um, And I love these keys as like key indicators of health. I think that's so informational. Um, for the listeners. So it's like, you got, you all are getting so many goodies today. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you. Yeah. You know, one other thing that I would add to that, um, just, I mean, Oprah's swirling now that I've already mentioned her, but um, I talk a lot about finding your inner voice. And I have clients that will reach out and say, you know, what's your inner voice? How do I find that? Like, I, I, I want to connect with that. Um, and as leaders, it's even more important that we have a pulse on our inner voice. And so one of the systems that I encourage for all of my high performing clients um, in these leadership positions, uh, particularly who live in black bodies is to ensure that they have a system for connecting with that inner voice. And Oprah, um, she, she says that that life will often whisper to you first. And if you don't listen or if you don't hear it, if you don't have a way of hearing that inner voice when life is whispering to you, that life will get louder uh, and until it's screaming at you. And that is, you know, that that's when it's triage time, crisis mode. And so we want to mitigate getting to that point. But if you don't have systems and tools and ways of hearing that inner voice, of slowing down, um, oftentimes, you know, it's meditation or exercise, yoga, 
really having strategic moments of connecting with yourself, then you won't hear that inner voice until it's screaming. Yeah, until things have gone quite a bit too far. And Mm -hmm. I love all of the practices you mentioned. And I think, you know, it reminds me of this idea around like being connected to ancestors even as well, right? Like, so how do we, how how do we remain open to the voices and the the pieces that are out there to help us and support Mm -hmm. us? And you have to make space for that in order for it to happen. Uh, And so uh, it's the slow down to speed up, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. To get clarity. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. When you think, Danielle, about like some common pitfalls you see um, individuals struggling with, particularly when they are going through a transition, are there one to two things that you see kind of as reoccurring pitfalls uh, that people Mm -hmm. struggle with and any thoughts you have about supporting folks in that? Absolutely. Okay. So the biggest one um, (laughs) is cognitive distortions. Mm. So when we are in transition, uh, we, you know, we're ungrounded uh, because everything is new. We've we've either intentionally engaged in this moment or it's forced or it's just a natural transition. And so um, at that point, when things don't go as planned, many people struggle because they might look at that as failure or they might be asking themselves why, 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 as opposed to what am I to learn from this? And so cognitive distortions can look like anxiety. It can look like black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking like this failed. So the whole project fails Um, or this one employee uh, is is challenging. And so the whole team has a problem. Um, We see that often or we are catastrophizing the little things that happen along the way. And as I mentioned, all transitions, uh, well, hopefully, most transitions have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And so helping people recognize what stage they're in, the beginning is usually euphoric. It's like, yay, new year, you know, vision, going after it, resilience, (laughs) grit, you know, and the middle is like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) I'm a little bit lost. Or or what's this new piece that's come into play that I didn't plan for? And so that messy middle is typically a point in which most people might struggle. And so we have to have, again, that inner voice, that slow down to speed up, to tap in and reassess, reflect, process, identify what type of support we need, whether that's hiring a brilliant coach <laughs> like Lakita, um, but really, you know, slowing down to just reprocess what's going on as opposed to letting our mind run on autopilot, which it likes to do, but like, mm-mm, we rein that in, rein it in. Yes. Yeah. And it's so funny because once we start some of that catastrophic thinking or the distortions, we just can't find solutions. So Mm -hmm. we we feel really stuck. And then it just is a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Absolutely. Um, We work with folks a lot on like building their teams. And so we'll hear like, there are no good people out there. It reminds me of the example you just gave of like, okay, this is a challenge I had one time with Mm -hmm. one team member. It doesn't include the other 10 folks that I work with. (laughs) Exactly. It's like Mm -hmm. no one, right? And we (laughs) get those messages over and over through media, right? So media is like, oh, people are quiet quitting on you. People are, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. the great resignation. And it's like, 
Listen, there are wonderful people out there. There are wonderful partners, um, both as clients and as employees. And when you think like that, it helps you to understand what might be possible, which then just guides you to solutions. So I, I love the point that you made there. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I also tell clients quite a bit that like sometimes our thoughts just are not true. True. Oh. Like they seem yeah. true because it's a thought in our mind. We're having it, but we have to check that. Yes. Is this is this real? <laughs> sometimes it's not. Listen, I think you need to say that again, Danielle. <laughs> For the really people in the back. Folks to walk away with that. Sometimes what, Danielle? Oh. Sometimes our, our thoughts, thoughts are not true. Not I have to tell my couples this all the time. Yo, they will believe their thoughts, thinking yes. that their partner, you know, making up whole scenarios. Yes. It, it happens. It gets the best of us. Yes. As you were talking through this too, I was just thinking about in those cognitive distortions, the descriptions you're using remind me of my own, you know, conversations and therapy around that mm-hmm. pervasive, permanent, like those types of thought yeah. processes and how easy it is to get into the, like, this is never going to end. This mm-hmm. is a problem everywhere. And so it's, it's such a useful thing to be aware that we do that so that right. we can step out of it. Yeah. And that's the pity party. It's like, ugh you know, this isn't going right. And like, we have to allow ourselves to have those moments because disappointment is an emotion that we get to feel. And if we get to feel it, sit in it and enjoy the disappointment and the, you know, being pissy and then book (laughs) it out of there and do that SWAT and figure out what we need to push through that. Yes. I love it. That point is so important. I think is that we get to choose. I love you said this is a disappointment is an emotion I get to experience. So I Mm -hmm. can say, Hey, I am disappointed. This is what it feels like and looks like for me. And then I can make a decision now that, Hey, I'm ready to move forward and transition Mm -hmm. to another way of thinking. Yeah. Well, I just want to add this one more thing, you know, that sometimes you know, toxic positivity will tell you to bypass those negative emotions and only focus on um, a growth mindset, for example. But there's power in experiencing our feelings in like allowing ourselves to, you know, it's a part of our humanity to have this range of experience and emotions that we can have. And so to deny ourselves of those feelings is to deny our reality and our humanity. And so, you know, if you're not feeling, then what are we? Yes, I love that. Uh, I think this is such a, a powerful piece because we often think about like for, for us, I will say it's like optimism is a key component. And Mm -hmm. so we have to be really intentional about like, we can be optimistic. We can have positive thinking and how do we acknowledge validate and all the other pieces Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what is happening for an individual? I think it helps us to grow our skills and empathy as well. Well, I think about my six-year-old son and the way that we coach parents all the time to validate children is the same way that we validate other adults as well, which is to honor the experiences that we have. And sometimes, uh, like my son, he might just want to hear that, oh, that sucks. That really sucks. And then just a nod of the head, yep, mm mm-hmm, and then off he goes playing with his magnetiles, <laughs> you know, so just that validation that yes, you are experiencing a real thing and normalizing like, yeah, that does suck is 
often the difference. Yeah, I think so. And I think for leaders, they probably more often end up just like, how do I push through? How do I move forward? Instead of taking a beat and acknowledging like, hey, this is challenging, right? Like Mm -hmm. this sucks for better Mm -hmm. words. Uh, and then what, you know, how, how do I want to move in this space and just acknowledge and validate even myself uh, right. at this time? Mm, yeah. So good. So mm-hmm. we know that you have grown your team significantly and you have like an awesome group. Of people oh. you know. <laughs> I know. Yes. It's so good. I know you um, recently y'all had a team event and um, we both uh, know the photographer in common, Erica, Mm -hmm. and she was just like over the moon about how amazing you and your team are. Oh, (laughs) she was was wonderful. Radiating from you all. Um, So I would love to hear from you. Now you have this team, most of them, for most of them is their first end of year transitioning Mm -hmm. uh, and moving forward with you with Dream Life Out Loud, what are some ways that you're preparing them for the transition and Mm -hmm. preparing them for the year ahead? Absolutely. Well, I'll start with what you've taught me, which is to celebrate the wins, to celebrate the wins. (laughs) I cannot tell you how great of a tool that is. I mean, just to take a pause, like every meeting, it's like, all right, what are our wins for the day? And that just puts us in a position where we're motivated, where we're synced and aligned, we get to celebrate, it just lightens the mood. And so we're always looking for the wins. Um, we're also really big, and this is another tool from from you, my work with you, um, is visioning and, you know, processing and reflecting, visioning, processing, reflecting. Uh, We know that the next year will likely be challenging in some ways. We know that there will be joy, there'll be ups, there'll be downs. Um, Mm -hmm. All of those things will exist in 2023. It's not just going to magically, a year is going to come and (laughs) and everything's going to be great. And so um, another way that we're approaching 2023 is to really think about our clients, What are the challenges that our clients are going through? How do we show up for that? How do we, um, how do we present in ways where we're acknowledging that clients are going through transition as well? And so for leaders, I think rallying the team around a common purpose and a common goal, which for us is our clients and the people that we serve, um, that has given us all kind of the mission that like, okay, this is what we're here for. This is what our priorities are for 2022 is a stellar client experience. Thinking about this economic downturn that nobody's quite talking about yet, but we know working with folks that Mm -hmm. people are feeling the pressure, they're feeling the heat. Um, And so we're keeping that top of mind so that we can show up for our clients in ways that are meaningful, but also authentic that, you know, we're going through transition as well. And we're all experiencing growth and we're all experiencing hardship and illness and, you know, still the shock uh, from the pandemic, of course. but also looking at one another and recognizing that we all are modeling something for one another. And so whether that's like minim- minimizing the opportunity for burnout and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're kind of over-indexing this month. Maybe we need to slow it down. Um, yeah. Giving everyone the opportunity to feel empowered to say, hey, like maybe we should look at this. And so we kind of drive a flat 
kind of leadership style across our team because everybody's voice matters. Everybody brings the same amount of value in different ways. Yeah, beautiful. I think uh, the thing I hear all throughout that is like intentionality, right? Mm. That you mm-hmm. have a practice, you have those systems in place and you are leading the team uh, forward through this transition um, from this year to next and from potentially, you know, where we are now to where we might be going in the year ahead with intention and some key practices. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think that the, when you, when I hear you say intentionality, I'm thinking about just the research that we're doing around our industry and how mm-hmm. an economic downturn will impact and influence the way that clients think about therapy. Um, and as you know, therapy is an investment, not for crisis. Uh, it's for ongoing mm-hmm. health and wellness. It's not something that we do when we're ready to sign a divorce paper, there you know, you know, it's the maintenance, you yeah. know? And so um, as a team, we're looking for, you know, operational excellence Um, We're looking at ways that we can communicate more efficiently with one another and with our clients. Um, We're looking to drive value. We want Mm -hmm. clients to know what the outcomes of therapy are um, and what they can expect. And then also to be human ourselves and and demonstrate that as um, Black therapists, Asian therapists, therapists of color, um, we, we live in Black and brown bodies and we know how challenging that is. We know the predisposition to trauma. Um, and so we know that we are models for how to live a life of wellness in yes. spite of all of that. Absolutely. Uh, and as everyone can hear from this podcast episode, there are tons of tools, brilliance, and excellence <laughs> in the work that you and Dream Life Out Loud does. Mm. Um, I, it's so good. I'm like, Thank oh you. gosh, we need to push this episode out ASAP so folks can get, <laughs> folks can get <laughs> their transitions you. together as mm-hmm. we're getting ready for the year ahead. Um, Anything else we missed that you want to share about, you know, anything we didn't ask you wish we would have asked you anything we missed anything you want to add. Yeah, no, I think I'll circle back to the beginning. Um, when I mentioned that at the root of transition is transformation. Um, I think you know, it's hard when we're not a caterpillar and we're not a butterfly and we're like something in between that's a lot of pressure and um can feel like birth, honestly, which is a period of of growth and and magic, really. Um, and so I I just encourage leaders and individuals to really think about transition um, as an opportunity to do just that, to transform and to continue to evolve and iterate on ourselves and be reflective and um, identify what the tools are that we need to live our biggest and boldest life, the life of our dreams. Yes. I just got chills when you were like, it's a period of growth and magic. I think mm-hmm. like, I love that so much. All right. Okay. Big, bold <laughs> dreams. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so yes. at the end of every episode, we ask each guest um, to share their top three attributes of a successful leader. So we would love to hear for you, yeah. Danielle, what are those top three attributes? Top three attributes. So <laughs> it's so hard, just three. I know. But um, three. I think the first one I think of is humility. Mm-hmm. Um, because behind humility, you will find compassion for yourself and others. Mm-hmm. You will find vulnerability 
and honesty and integrity and uh, behind humility, you will find awareness, awareness of the need to be humble. Um, and so I think that that is an important attribute for leaders. Um, a second one, I think I just want to say the word grit because <laughs> I like to get gritty um, and just get the thing done, you know, Um of course, like I, I'm very driven. Um, Lakita, you always tell me that I'm such an extrovert and I, I don't know about that, but being gritty makes me feel like I am. Um, and so I think that is a really strong attribute for leaders to uh, roll up their sleeves, go ahead and be in it with their with their team and experience what it's like across the organization, across different levels, really, really understanding what it's like to execute all of these different roles that our team members take on. Um, and then the third one, somewhere between vision and purpose, which I think kind of go together. Um, when you have a, a strong vision, you can drive purpose behind that vision. And so as a leader, I'm always thinking about the big picture, but then I'm always breaking that down to, okay, what can we accomplish this quarter, knowing that some of our values are around wellness and balance and minimizing burnout. And so um, breaking it down from a quarterly basis to a monthly basis so that things feel attainable and that we feel accomplished all along the way. And so breaking down our monthly goals into what are our priorities for this week. And so if your leaders are not able to take that big picture and bring it down to what we're working on right now today, what is important right now, then I think teams get lost as well with the minutia of like a big vision um, and a big goal that's, you know, six months down the road. Okay, but what am I supposed to do today? Um, and so I think vision would be the the third attribute. So humility, grit, and vision. Yes. Mm -hmm. Love it. Great attributes. Um, we sincerely, sincerely <laughs> want to thank you, Danielle. This thank is you. a powerful episode. And we are absolutely thrilled about the work that you do, your mm. leadership, um, the work you. that Dream Life Out Loud does for communities, for people, specifically as well for communities of color. Mm -hmm. You are amazing. We look forward to like your continued journey and the growth. And as always, we end with thank you for your leadership. Mm. Oh, I like it. Thank you. <laughs> thank <laughs> this has been incredible. Yeah. Y'all are killing it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this week's episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast on your favorite platform. Thank you.